Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna, your filthy casual place for all the filthy casual takes on the world of sports. I am Dylan Lasagna and welcome back to another episode of this icy yet spicy podcast, episode number 122, as we march down deeper into the NFL playoffs 2022 edition. Yeah, pal, it's the divisional playoffs, which are said and done this past weekend. And we are here to discuss it. We are here to review it. We are here to talk everything about it that went down this past weekend. And, well, let's just get all the stuff. Let's just get my thoughts about it out of the way. Um, my quick thoughts about it. It was boring. <laughs> Most of it was pretty boring, uh, to say the least. Um, I guess because, well, as I said in the preview of, of the divisional playoffs, it was either going to be predictable or there was going to be some shockers. In the end, it ended up being pretty predictable uh, for the most part. So that being said, uh, before we get deep into our our episode for today, um, a little bit of housekeeping for for this episode. As you know, as I talked about all throughout the month of January, it's going to be pretty. This week is going to be a pretty busy week um, as I speak in this episode. I'm probably out and about working, doing some stuff in real life um, at my at probably one of my random ass jobs. But um, hey, you're probably hearing me right now doing this podcast. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, listening to me. So make sure uh, you share it with your friends where it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM. Listen to Very Cold Lasagna wherever you get it. And make sure you leave a like, comment, and rate and review it on your podcast platforms. So as I go through this uh, week of hell <laughs> uh, throughout this whole week, preparing for um, not just um, my various uh, real life shenanigans, um, obviously this week is going to be a big week. Um, now that um, one of the certain teams has made the, the conference championship weekend, um, I'm not going to say which one yet, but there's going to be uh, two episodes, just two, I'll explain why in just a bit, uh, covering um, the, both conference championship games. Um, I'll explain more about that much later in the episode. And then obviously we have the Royal Rumble um, this weekend. By the way, Raw 30th anniversary, I mean, eh, it was okay for what it was. I have to go back and watch more of the segments, but I will say the bloodline is literally... <laughs> one of the best stories WWE has told in a long ass time. Like that is like the personification of what how stories need to be told. They need to emphasize storylines again. Like clearly explicit storylines. Like so good. So anyway, I don't want to ramble on too much. Um, Royal Rumble review. Uh, some at some point, hopefully uh, in between um, the conference championship weekend. And man. It's going to be insane. It's going to be an insane weekend of content coming to you all uh, here on Very Cold Lasagna. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that icy yet spicy content here coming up on Very Cold Lasagna, the podcast. So anyway, let's talk about this divisional slate that happened um, this past weekend. Um, like I said, it was either going to be predictable or uh, a little bit of some shockers could happen. Um, it's headed towards the... Uh, Event of Shocker initially with the first game, that being uh, the top seed Kansas City Chiefs hosting the four seeded All Elite 
Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way um, initially because um, the Chiefs, well-rested, um, well-prepared. They were at their usual with Patrick Mahomes easily slicing up uh, the Jaguars' pass defense and making um, their own ordinary receivers more than just that. And Travis Kelsey, uh, even though he was getting double the coverage, getting more open somehow, and then they took an early lead. Um, obviously, though, um, once the, the Jaguars tied the game um, with Trevor Lawrence, the, big sto- the biggest story of the game came very late in the first, first quarter. Um, Patrick Mahomes had his right ankle rolled up from underneath um, by some Jacksonville defenders um, and ended up suffering a high ankle sprain. He was taken out of the game um, for the rest of the first half. But backup Chad Henney um, filled in quite nicely for the, for the Chiefs offense. They were still smooth sailing uh, with him under center. Um, they would take a 17 to seven, uh, lead, um, up until the, and the very mere seconds of the first, the first half Jaguars would cut it to seven with, um, with a field goal, but they were the, the big takeaway was Chad Henney, uh, just like he did in the divisional playoffs two years ago against the skid marks. He was keeping the chiefs at bay, um, mainly with Kelsey and running back Isaiah Pacheco assisting him out. Um, so when we get to the second half, the, the big story obviously was, was Mahomes going to return at some point or was Chad Henning? We're going to have to ride it out. Um, Mahomes ended up did, did returning, um, to start the second half, but it was clear that he was going to be severely limited in terms of mobility. Um, and in high pressure situations, he couldn't escape the pocket. Um, and he was just going to have to throw the, the ball away or like get the ball rid of the ball very quickly. Um, but still, somehow he still was able to make a couple plays here and there. Um, meanwhile, for the Jaguars, unfortunately, um, Doug Peterson's play calling was kind of meh. It was very all elite in not a good way. Um, Trevor Lawrence was under duress, um, making a lot of mistakes um, for, for the most part. Um, and too many missed opportunities, too many drop back passes for him. Um, and then finally in the fourth quarter, they started to get going. Um, they finally got a run to attack the, the Chiefs' defense with some chunk plays. And then sooner or later, um, once they got to the goal line, Travis Etienne uh, runs it in. They cut the lead to 20-17. to 17, And then finally, you have a game. There's an opportunity for the Jaguars to, to take the lead and potentially come up with an upset. But nope. Mahomes immediately responds with a, another drive, a, another slicing of the all-elite Jaguars defense and sooner or later you know it despite with no mobility in his uh, legs the Chiefs are once again up by 10 points and then the mistakes continue to creep up again for the Jaguars who have gone full elite just like Kenny Omega and the Cucks suck um, Jamal Agnew despite the Jaguars creeping up at the red zone they had an opportunity to cut it back down to single digits Jamal Agnew made a very killer mistake, perhaps a the biggest killer that would shut down the Jaguars um, one of two times. He fumbled at the goal line, a catch and fumble. Like, you can't do that. Initially, when I was watching this game, like taking a glimpse at it, I thought it was going to be like one of those situations where, oh, he caught the ball, it caught the ball, but it didn't complete the process of the catch. But 
damn, that's just unfortunate. Like, you can't have that happening, um, my guy. And then the Jaguars did get the ball back. They got to stop. But then Trevor Lawrence, of course, throws a backing, back-breaking interception under pressure and essentially ends the team's playoff hopes. And, yeah, and the, the, t- the chance to upset the Chiefs on the road. And then, yeah, they tack on a field goal. They try for an onside kick, but it just wasn't enough. They failed the onside kick, and the Chiefs are going to host their fifth straight AFC title game. But uh, they had to wait and see if it was going to be in Arrowhead or at a neutral site in Atlanta the next day. So that was kind of a, a game that was eh. Um, the Chiefs managed to hold on despite the Mahomes injury, uh, but more than just a bit. Let's talk about the Jaguars for a second here because the Jaguars, uh, I feel like they could have had it. They could have had this game um, against Kansas City. Sure, they made uh, a lot of mistakes in this game, uh, but I feel like it was more of the missed opportunities by um, their offense. Uh, plenty of opportunities for their head coach, Doug Peterson, to dial up some good plays for his offense, um, especially in the first half when Mahomes was out of the lineup. And the secondary was very subpar. But there's just a l- lot of dropbacks. Not a lot, not enough play action where Lawrence really thrives. Not letting Travis Etienne dice up the the run defense of Kansas City. Like they Doug, I feel like Doug Peterson didn't really attack uh Kansas City's weaknesses, um, especially with Mahomes down and out. So yeah, and also the fact that Lawrence and his teammates made some killer mistakes late in the game, um, and had they not made them, they would have they would have made a serious push at making a very late upset um, over the Chiefs. Now, would you say the same about their defense? I don't know, but it could have changed the tide of the game. So hopefully, they use this game as learning fuel for next season, or. I don't know. Maybe they go back to being the all elite and not in a good way. Jaguars. Meanwhile, for the Chiefs, um, obviously, the the big concern uh, for Kansas City is how healthy Patrick Mahomes is going to be with this ankle sprain going to the AFC title game. But my concern is actually their defense, uh, their special teams, because there were a lot of lapses in that game that kept Jacksonville in it, especially the special teams where they gave Jacksonville really good field position um, to start to start their uh, offensive drives. Um, whoever that opponent may be, um, when they play in the title game, and they that, that special teams allows um, the the opposing uh, kickoff return or punt return unit to get some really good field position. That team that their opponent is gonna like strike. They're they're gonna get into scoring position and feast on it so that defense that special teams really has to tighten up um in the title game because that was a concerning performance so the chiefs went on went on to hold on 27 to 20 against the all elite jacksonville jaguars hey i mean give give the jaguars a little bit of credit um yes i roasted them for being all elite sponsored by aew but hey i think they do have a little bit of a bright future ahead of them, just as long as they build it, build on it. 
in the offseason in the right way. So the nightcapper was the top seed Philadelphia Eagles take on the sixth seed in New York Giants. And I guess I could say that going into this game, I thought it was going to be a close one. Um, the Eagles, we didn't know how healthy they were going to be despite you know having the bye week. Just how healthy Jalen Hurts was going to be. How guys like Lane Johnson um, was also going to be. And meanwhile, for the Giants, they were coming off a a big win um, where they just thrashed the Vikings defense despite how close that game was. But obviously, they're going to a different environment against a different team against the Eagles, their division rival. So we didn't know how that game was going to go. Well, turns out that this game was over by the halftime. I guess you could also say this game was over by the first quarter because Jalen Hurts... And that Eagles off offense, and overall, this that whole team pretty much ended the game right then and there at halftime. Because Jalen Hurts and that offense scored on four of their five offensive possessions at will. I guess it did wonders that the offensive line back at full strength, Lane Johnson showed no signs of like like being not health uh, not being unhealthy, uh back at 100 percent um, because the offensive line allowed the running game of Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Jalen Hurts to gash the non-existent Giants uh, defensive front. Um, meanwhile, for the Giants, there was just absolutely no running room for neither Saquon Barkley nor Daniel Jones, and thus made the the Giants' offense very one-dimensional. There was no uh, re- receiving receiving game from them, nothing from Darius Lane, uh, nothing from the tight ends. So... Yeah, it, it's just very. It was just a very one-dimensional offense, and the Giants didn't even, barely took advantage of the fact of Philadelphia's weak run defense. So, I guess it also could was because that Philadelphia was really stacking the box on the Giants' kind of actually pretty weak offensive line. So, yeah, it was a pretty bad game. It was it was just a bad game. And, well, I guess something for the Giants to build on, whatever that may be, as the Eagles beat the Giants easily 38-7 to to advance to the NFC Championship game. So I guess the only takeaway for the Giants um, this offseason is, well, should they really give Daniel Jones that contract? Should they really give Daniel Jones that big, fat contract that everyone's been talking about? Well, I don't know. Maybe I think they should really think about it. They should really think about um, giving him that contract, especially considering coming off this game. Maybe they do give him another like contract, but maybe not as long as people think. Maybe not as long, not like a big fat five million, five year, whatever million, hundred or seventy million dollar contract. Not one, not one of those big fat contracts. Maybe one of those contracts that's like two, two year. Um, However, like like somewhere 20, 20, 20 million. Because I feel like if the, he should be given, at least try to give him like another chance, even though he's had plenty of chances. Maybe if you build, maybe if you give him a supporting cast around him, like build around him, then maybe you could see how, how well he can do. Or maybe not so well. So, and then. If he doesn't do well with a better supporting cast, then you can make a move at another quarterback. 
But in my opinion, I'm not really sold on the idea of Daniel Jones getting another big big contract, let alone a con another contract from the Giants. Maybe Saquon Barkley? I don't know. But either way, I don't know if the Giants, if it's in their best interest to get another contract. Meanwhile, for the Eagles, obviously, this, this is a solid tune-up. Maybe it's like an, obviously an easy tune-up for them. What will probably be an, a tough yet big NFC title game. Obviously, the Giants were just the appetizer. Um, Jalen Hurts showed no signs of his shoulder injury. Um, he didn't. He also no, showed no signs of rust from the bye week. He returned to form with this quick release and, and mobility. So his dual threat ability as, at the quarterback position and the rushing attack of Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell um, were the stars of the game because, well, the Giants, um, well, they 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 kind of did a, a decent job covering A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith after the big um, throws to to Devontae Smith in like the first quarter. Um, I don't know why they didn't, they didn't go for more deep downfield shots uh, to A.J. Brown and Devontae. I'm not sure. Defensively, obviously, they made Saquon and Daniel Jones' playmaking expendable um, with their high pressure. So overall, this is a tune-up for um, the Eagles. They, de they, they had a really uh, solid uh, tune-up performance. Now, obviously, the big test is going to be that NFC Championship game against whoever they will face. Um, because whoever they will face is going to be much tougher um, again than whatever the Giants were. Because that team that they will face is going is also going to be no joke. They're, and may be just as balanced as they are. Well, we're about to find out as we talk about the Sunday slate of these games. On the AFC side, in a snowy Buffalo, in a snowy New York, the three-seeded three Cincinnati Bengals visited the two-seeded Buffalo Bills. A, a rematch of a game that never happened in Week 17 down in Cincinnati because, well, the DeMar Hamlin situation happened. And by the way, it is very awesome to see that DeMar Hamlin was at, in attendance for that game um in buffalo supporting his teammates um with the crowd that was awesome to see by the way so man what a game by cincinnati um in this game missing three half of their starting offensive line and they just marched down the field with ease on their first two drives easily finding with joe burrow finding his guys uh Connecting wide open to Jamar Chase and Hayden Hurst, and they took an early 14 and nothing advantage. They were just pl playing and toying with the Bills' defense, a depleted Bills' defense. Meanwhile, Josh Allen, sure, he shook off some of the early struggles, cut it down to 14 to seven. But again, his defense that was so depleted without Von Miller. Without three of their starting safeties, they were already missing uh, Micah Hyde. They are now also missing Jordan Poyer in that game, uh, who left, who exited the game. They were down to their fourth uh, string starting safety. They were struggling big time to get Cincinnati's offense off the field. And by the time you know it, they were down 17-10 to 10 at halftime. But man, 
look, it seemed like things were getting worse for the Buffalo Bills because while the Bengals were still able to drive down the field with consistency, Josh Allen was, he unraveled. He absolutely unraveled. I, I feel like this second half for the Buffalo Bills was just a season, like the whole story of their season. It really was. A defense that without any pressure, without any, like, without able to generate any pressure on the quarterback or, like, not being able to do anything on defense, everything falls back on Josh Allen. He tried to do too much, um, especially without a running game. He tried to do much with too much with the power runs. And with the pressure in his face um, in the pass rush, he started playing scared against Cincinnati's front seven. And it started affecting his decision-making throughout the whole, throughout the second half. Um, as his team started staring down a 27 to 10 hole in the fourth quarter. Um, and unfortunately, a late comeback was not to be for the bills. Um, and eventually the Cincinnati Bengals pulled away after getting a late interception on Josh Allen. One last gasp failed, uh, miserably, and Cincinnati smashed the Bills in the snow, 27 to 10. And we got ourselves a second consecutive rematch between the Bengals and the Chiefs in the AFC title game down in Arrowhead. And you know what the Bengals say? They say, fuck your neutral site game. Fuck your coin, fl- coin flip. We're going to the AFC title game and we're going to assure we will get that opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl. So Cincinnati said, you know what? They're going to they're gonna try to plot against us. Well, we're going to say, fuck that narrative. <laughs> man, I, I, this Cincinnati team is really something, man. They, they really like to prove the naysayers wrong. Um, and that, they definitely did with the latest demolition of the Bills. And they bounced back big time from that tight-ass game against the Ravens with a rousing blowout against a supposedly game Bills team. Yes, I say supposedly because, yeah, they have Josh Allen. They have these playmakers as Savon Diggs, Dawson Knox. But they didn't see any of that on Sunday. So for Cincinnati, um, they absolutely were the spoiler um, to the NFL, the Bills, and the Chiefs' plans. Um, They played a complete game on all fronts. Joe Burrow and the offense looked pretty damn good. Um, And they did all that they wanted. Um, against a, a non-existent and injury-depleted Bills teams uh, that couldn't uh, pressure him. Um, they couldn't get, generate a turnover on him. Um, they couldn't cover Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, nobody. Cincinnati's defense was able to do anything at will and easily against Josh Allen. Meanwhile, for the Bills and Josh Allen, I feel like they have to re- reevaluate um, in the offseason because... When they lost to Kansas City in the divisional last year, the reason why they lost is, well, just like how they lost this year against Cincinnati. They couldn't pressure Patrick Mahomes. They couldn't uh, get any key stops on third down. And what they did to solve that was getting Von Miller um, from the uh, free agency when he left the Rams, coming off a Super Bowl. Um, And that game, Von Miller, everyone thought that was supposed to be the key. Um, to put the Bills back in the AFC title game and pass the Chiefs to get back to the Super Bowl. 
But at least until week 12, it seemed that way. And then he tore his ACL. And then they the Bills were right back where they were. And then prior to that, they ended up getting those injuries to Micah Hyde. And then in the divisional game, it just seemed to come to a head. The injuries to safety, Dean Marlowe, the Jordan Boyer, um, and then corner, Tredavious White also got hurt. It just piled and piled on. It And the Bills eventually succumbed to injury mania. And then the offensive line also faced a crap ton of heat uh, for Cincinnati's pass rushing group. And they just left Josh Allen to uh, scrambling all, all, all game long. And the offensive line was actually pretty bad all season long. So... This divisional game for the Bills was kind of like an anticlimax. It was pretty anticlimactic because it was kind of it was, it was a season where the Bills they had these expectations of going back to the AFC title game, uh, and well, just game past the divisional, then getting to the AFC title game, hopefully outlasting whether it's the Chiefs, Cincinnati, or whatever team they got there, and got back to the Super Bowl for the first time in a long time, but injuries. And then the sandy turnovers Josh Allen had, it led to an absolute disappointment of a season for the Buffalo Bills. And I think they really got to reevaluate um, what to do this offseason. Then we had the nightcap um, for the, the divisional playoffs that would decide who would face the Philadelphia Eagles in the, in the NFC Championship game. And that was, of course, my San Francisco 49ers, the number two seed taking on the five seed Dallas Cowboys. And man, this game was the biggest test for Brock Purdy. And obviously a big test for Dak Prescott too. But forget those narratives because this game was a battle of the defenses. And battle of the defenses made for a major stress test for everybody watching this game. Um, I will say Brock Purdy didn't turn the ball over um, in the, in this game, uh, but because he was facing so much pressure in his face, thanks to the Cowboys defensive front and the 49ers offensive line, not being able to protect them because heaven knows why. Um, hey, he was at least able to get a couple of plays in when he was able to get some protection, but for the most part, um, it let it, the lack of protection uh, on the offensive line led to a lot of quick and mostly ineffective plays for a good part of the game. Excuse me. Oh man, I must ate something that's really weird. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, the offense was really conservative for the most part of the game up until the third quarter, where Hardy finally got some protection to get some key passes uh, into George Kittle, who made a juggling catch. Uh, to spark the offense and the running game for Christian McCaffrey. That would pick up from there on out. Dallas just got tired from that point onward. Um, Speaking of the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, on the other hand, wasn't able to take advantage of the 49ers' poorest downfield defense um, due to the Niners' own front seven um, constantly closing in on him, just like the Cowboys' front seven was closing in on Brock Purdy. Um, So... Yeah, Dak was pretty much faltering worse than Purdy was, um, causing two turnover, committing two turnovers, um, just throw, throwing it 
uh, overhead his receivers. Yeah, he was kind of like crumbling under the pressure. So there's that. There was that 50-50 Dak Prescott that I was mentioning um, countless times in not just the preview for the divisional, but in my preview for the 49ers specific video. Uh, anyway, uh, that aforementioned turn of the game I talk, just talked about, um, Christian McCaffrey punched in the red zone uh, for a touchdown. They got the 16-9 and edge. Um, but, man, they could have ended the game like much later after the two-minute warning, after a long drive. Um, Backup, Elijah Mitchell, uh, he didn't slide in bounds after he got a first down. A little mental, uh, actually a big mental error there. And then they had to punt, and then that gave the Cowboys one last chance to uh, try and get something out uh, out of it to tie a game, force overtime. It was 19 to 12. And then on their last stand, well, the Cowboys just pretty much showed why they Cowboys. They always show why they always let you down. Well, the reason why they let you down yet again was because, well, on two plays, Don Schultz. Um, could have converted a key first down, but then he realized he lifted his foot, um, one of his feet, and he didn't keep his feet in bounds. And then on their very last play, they tried to do a trick play. They tried to do a Hail Mary or whatever that lateral was. But then he, Dak Prescott instead checked it down to um, Noah Brown or whoever was in the area. And then Jimmy Ward immediately um, tackled that, that receiver. And then that's how the Niners won. They won a grit and grind battle 19 to 12. And well, they're going on to their second straight NFC championship game um, after coming up short last year to the LA Rams. So this was a stressful, this is a nerve wracking. This was something. This is a, Ellie, what did I say though? This is going to be the most interesting game of the divisional playoff weekend and most it definitely was it definitely was even if it was a stressful one considering the games that we got prior to this game this is at least a good capper so for the cowboys i i don't know what i honestly don't know what to say we they always find a way to let you down and cert, most certainly dak prescott has once again let them down um because of his very inconsistent play like one, like I said, one week he will do good, but then when he faces a really good team, um, like like the 49ers or like the Eagles, he just finds a way to let you down. He finds a way to crumble under the pressure when it gets tight, and he once again did it. He once again did it. Made two two turnovers. Sure, they weren't costly at the time, but when they they asked him to you know stretch the field um, or make some key conversions. He didn't. He didn't. So I mean, it, it wasn't entirely Dak's fault either, but he he was he was a good chunk of the reason why the Cowboys didn't win. They didn't find a way to upset the 49ers on Sunday, and the the sure. The pass rush, the defense eventually got tired out, but Dak Prescott once again didn't do enough to find a way to upset my 49ers on Sunday. Speaking of my 49ers, man, that game was crazy. It was a little crazy and a little uh, nerve-wracking because, well, 
of the way that the entire offense played. It was like they felt like they were holding back some. And yeah, they played their toughest defense, but it's like there was a lot of opportunities where Kyle Shanahan could have gotten a lot more points than he need and they could have. But I feel like they were holding back some. Perhaps maybe they didn't want to reveal too much or they didn't want to exert too much um um and reveal too many things when when and if they could have played the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, obviously they will now. But I feel like Kyle Shanahan didn't put in, in his total A plus effort. He put in like a B effort, but they just they did just enough against the Cowboys. But the defense, though, they they did a A A plus effort though, getting to Prescott, um, creating those turnovers, doing good in coverage. Aside from a couple of downfield uh, throws and catches, but the defense really stepped up to the plate in a battle of the defenses. But I will say this. The Niners are going to have to be at their absolute best. They're going to have to be at their absolute best, not just defensively, but offensively. That starts with Kyle Shanahan um, because against an Eagle, against a Philadelphia offense that can not only uh, stop you defensively, but can kill you on offense. So the Niners, especially Kyle Shanahan, especially with the rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy, they're going to have to bring their A game. They're going to have to be at their very best to be the only one. Dun, 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 dun. So they're going to have to be all out Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, the Niners hold on to beat the Cowboys 19-12 to advance to the NFC Championship game. And, yeah, we got our final four. We have our final four. The NFC Championship game, the 49ers taking on the Eagles and a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's this actually a good Final Four unless if it turns into a total blowout. But this is—I thought the divisional weekend was going to be good, but it ended up being disappointing. Let's hope that Conference Championship weekend brings out a really good weekend, leading up to obviously the Super Bowl. And it'll be even sweeter if, well, my Niners somehow upset the Eagles. So let me know your thoughts about Divisional Weekend in the, whether it's in the comments or on social media at Very Cold Lasagna. I'd like to know your thoughts or um, any, any criticism, anything, anything in, pertains to this episode. So anyway, this is Dylan Lasagna of Very Cold Lasagna. And keep that lasagna very cold in fridge with your takes on the world of sports thank you for tuning in to this episode episode number 122 and on the next episode well you'll just have to find out you'll just have to find out it could be the conference championships it could be the royal rumble you'll just have to tune in to find out anyway until next time peace out